Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. of the Lombardi line here presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross uh, at South Point in Las Vegas. Josh Applebaum is out in Boston for one more day, and then he's coming west, young man. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about the Open Championship with Tyler Fulgen from ESPN in just a minute. But, you know, Ben Simmons has been a hot-button topic in Philadelphia ever since we saw what happened with the Sixers. They were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and got bounced out of there by Atlanta in seven games, losing game seven at home. And a lot of that blame seemed to go to Ben Simmons. And, Josh, we're hearing some rumors now. Well, officially the Sixers have said that they, according to Shams Charania of Stadium, that they have opened up discussions now to actually deal, potentially, Ben Simmons. What do you make of this move? And I wonder what the market looks like for a guy like that. We know the talent, but we also know the shortcomings. Yeah, Dave, it kind of reminds me of like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Like, first off, you know, Simmons has a terrible playoffs, but then Doc Rivers, you know, supports him, says we're not going to deal him. And then a couple weeks later, oh, you're, you're entertaining offers here to deal him. So, um, again, you know, my thing would be just don't say anything and just, you know, behind the scenes, see if you can make a move for this guy. Uh, you're lucky you're not working with Michael Lombardi. You're lucky I'm in the chair and not Michael <laughs> Lombardi today, Dave, because you would just wind him up and let him go talking about Ben Simmons here. The funny thing I saw on Twitter, he bought like a $17 million house in Beverly Hills. It's got a pool. 
pool. It's got a tennis court. It's got everything. You know what it doesn't have? It doesn't have a basketball hoop at all. So, like, <laughs> what does that tell you? That's just I know it's an easy uh, punching bag thing to say, but with Simmons, it's all about shooting. You know, the guy can distribute, but uh, in today's NBA, you got to be able to shoot. He can't shoot free throws. You know, does can someone get him in the gym and just shoot a thousand, you know, uh, free throws a day until you get? You know, the guy's talented. And I would also say it's funny. I was uh, I was playing wiffle ball on Fourth of July with one of my buddies, and just stick with me here, Dave. He was hitting uh, right-handed, and he was striking out every time. And I said, my man, I call him Fed. His name's Mike Fedotowski. I said, have you ever tried hitting lefty? He hits lefty, and he hit a home run his first day. He's like, wow, I was lefty the whole time. Is Didn't Ben Simmons know. a righty? Like, you know, like, that. that's what I'm questioning. Like, I would just try anything at this point. I think you're selling low on his value. He's got a ton of money, ton of years left. Um, can you make a move in the draft to there maybe, you, you know, deal him for a high pick? That's what I'd look for. But it's just tough. To, to deal a guy who at one point his stock was really high. Now it's really low. You're not going to get the best, um, you know, you know, return here with him having such a terrible playoff. So we'll see how this thing develops, but uh, man, the Sixers, the process, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's time to blow it up a little bit. Well, they clearly swung and missed on Markel Fultz and it's, I, I guess it's too early to say that they missed on Ben Simmons, but these are number one overall picks and Josh, you cannot miss on these guys repeatedly or else that process is never going to come to fruition. I know you've got some information on the NBA draft. I do wonder with this Ben Simmons news, if that does affect the draft. And again, when you're doing those props and where we think these things will be slotted, you got to take into account some of these type of moves could really impact this NBA draft. Uh, what do you have for us on that front? You're totally right, Dave. So we mentioned yesterday how Jalen Green at number two was taking in some money. Jalen Green from the G League Unite went straight from high school uh, to the G League. Uh, he's now minus 150 to go second overall to Houston. Now, Cade Cunningham, you can just write that one off. I mean, he's minus 5,000 mm -hmm. to go number one. I think that's a pick that Detroit is going to make here. So we talked yesterday, Green, maybe jumping on Green early uh, at minus 150. But now, number three, I'm looking toward, Dave. Uh, and I got some time off here with the you know, sports bettors vacation with pretty much only MLB all-star and home run derby right now. I've been looking at mock drafts. I've been looking at the betting odds for the third overall pick. And I'm leaning toward Evan Mobley Ooh. to go third overall to Cleveland because uh, I think the whole thought here is, it, is it going to be Mobley? Is it going to be Suggs? These are the two college guys who are getting a lot of run right now. But Mobley is a minus 140 favorite now updated today to go third overall to Cleveland. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The Athletic wrote about this. Uh, you do have the big man Jarrett Allen in Cleveland, but they're talking about how Allen and Mobley could kind of work together. And also with the, with the Cavs, they've spent a lot of their really high picks on guards. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, uh, Okoro, they bet drafted last year. He's, he's a small forward. But the whole point there is with Garland and Sexton, these high picks you've uh, really put in for these guards, are you going to take Suggs again and just take another guard? In terms of fit, I know it's always like best player or fit. You right. want to go best player. But what I've been seeing with all these mocks and all these linkages here between the Cavs and Mobley is that Mobley could be a really good fit. The betting markets have him minus 140. I'd be looking at maybe an early play, not only on green minus 150 going second, but now Mobley minus 140 going third to Cleveland. Yeah, I love Mobley. What we saw certainly uh, in the NCAA championship, he really came out. Uh, that was a coming out party for him. Uh, Josh Giddey's a very interesting prospect. You saw it there at 50 to one. Uh, and it is interesting, even a guy like Davion Mitchell, as great as he was winning a championship, it probably isn't the right fit there at number three. Of course, this is the Lombardi's line presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross with Josh Applebaum. And Josh, I want to apologize in advance for this next segment because we're ringing on my guy, Tyler Fulgham from ESPN. Uh, and Tyler and I go way back and we like to debate golf and sometimes it can get a little bit heated. Uh, Tyler, thanks for joining us. I know, I believe you're on the golf course right now as we speak. Is that in fact fact? That is in fact fact. I'm hitting my...
our five thirteenth here at TPC Summerlin. So don't screw it up, Dave. I got a good back nine going here. Yeah, I was supposed to be out there uh, playing with you today, and then my inv invite was revoked. Let's talk about the <laughs> Open Championship, Tyler. And I know you and I are gonna we're gonna do some exercises here uh, in the next twenty minutes or so. But I do want to get your overall take. Uh, we normally tend to disagree. I want to agree with you in this segment, so you can help me make some money. Tyler, just tell me right now, if you had to take a short list of guys that you actually think can lift up the Claret Jug at a good price, what are you thinking? At a good price is, is the difference there. Obviously, John Rahm is playing better than everyone else in the universe right now. Um, so, I wait here against him playing poorly, but he's the over. That's just not great value in golf, unless we're talking about Tiger Woods in his prime. So, I, I hate to do this, but Tyler, we're gonna we're, we got a bad connection with you, which which is fine because if you start talking Jordan Spieth right off the top, we're gonna have you call back and reconnect. Uh, so Josh, we're gonna wait for Tyler to call back and we'll just uh, continue this golf discussion. Uh, but it is interesting, Josh, when I look at the Open Championship, and I'll save some of these bullets when Tyler comes back with us. Though, you know, I always kid about you know kind of the ugly Americans going over there in England uh, to play in the Open Championship. But you know, we do we we tend to bet that way, right? We want to look for some guys that we can bet. And I did identify some Americans that I, I would consider playing this week. And one of them, Josh, that I want to get your thoughts on is the X-Man, Xander Shoffley. Now, he went over there. And I always look for guys that play at the Scottish Open the week before and traditionally play well. We're waiting for Xander to break through. Uh, right now, you can get the X-Man at 16-1 to 1 at BetMGM. I, I know it's it's not as good a value as maybe what you're looking for here. But, you know, when you see Brooksy at 14-1 to 1 and, and obviously some of the other top-flighted Americans, Xander's there for a reason do you like him like I do at 16 to 1 this week I think there's definitely some value there 16 to 1 now what I would look at and you know someone told me this a long time ago Dave you know in terms of trying to target outrights instead of uh, maybe other ways to bet on golf so Shoffley 16 to 1 obviously you would get a great payout there if he if he uh, pulls off the win but I'd be looking at maybe you know a top 10 plus 175 yeah you know top uh, 20 right now he's minus 145 so to me it's like I think the low-hanging fruit when you're betting golf and uh, I gotta profess I am not a, a wise guy golf <laughs> better uh, it's kind of a supplementary thing for me Dave so I'll lean on you and Tyler here. Uh, but I would say something someone told me a long time ago that made a lot of sense is look toward these top 20s, top 10s. Yeah. You know, you would love to cash this this big winner 16 to 1, uh, but you can kind of uh, play the odds a little bit more, and maybe if you get a plus 175 to finish top 10, I think you just protect yourself there a little bit. So maybe I'd lean to the plus 175 top 10 and maybe say, hey, we can go 1 through 10. I'd love to get a 16 to 1, but maybe at a smaller payout, uh, I increase my chances of cashing that one. I think we have Tyler Fulgen back. Of course, you can catch him on the Daily Wager on ESPN every single day. And Tyler, I hope we didn't uh, interrupt a four iron that probably went into the <laughs> right there. Uh, but you were saying a couple guys that you believe with good value potentially could win the Claret Jug. Uh, let's get back to your thought process there, my friend. All right, one of your favorite Americans, Brooks Kepka, I think at this point is providing some good value based on his price. I think he's 15, 16 to 1, and even my guy Jordan Spieth has jumped over him into 14 to 1 territory, and I think Spieth had some value before the steam on him when he was 18, 19, um, but now I'd rather bet with these current prices Brooks, because Steve is made for but Brooks, you know, is made for major championship golf. I think he provides some tremendous value there. And, you know, I'm going to bring up my guy, Patty Patty Cantley, oh, 35 my. to 1 for Patrick Cantley, who has 
been steadily in good form. And, you know, the Open fits his game. He's a guy who does pretty much everything well. You don't need distance. You just need to hit your spots off the tee, be able to knock it close on approach, and be creative enough around the green. That's why a guy like Patrick Speed people think would be good here. But um, I think for the big-name favorites of the Americans, Brooks is in that regard. And the other big-name favorite who has always really played well at the Open, um, last year he, he didn't play well. Uh, two years ago, I should say, but the three years prior to that was three straight top fives, has a claret jug, and no one's talking about him right now the way that no one was talking about Phil Mickelson going to the PGA. Rory McIlroy. Oh, Watch out for Rory McIlroy. Absolutely. I think Rory for top ten is someone that you need to think about because, and I think he actually could win this tournament because I just have a sense that we're going to see someone that no one is talking about win this tournament the way we saw Phil Mickelson win the PGA. No one was talking about him. No one was really talking about Hideki, Matsuyama, That's leading right. up to the Masters. And it's kind of been that kind of vibe to the, the major championships this year. So those are some names that I like uh, for outright winning tickets. All right, Josh, very quickly, uh, because I had to put my glasses on because I actually took notes because I knew Tyler was going to go to Rory at 18-1. to 1. And Tyler is such a guy that gets into the weeds, and he always gives me the stats <laughs> and tells me about, you know, strokes gained around the green, strokes gained for putting. Uh, your boy Rory McIlroy right now is 73rd in strokes gained around the greens and 80th in putting. Tyler, I know he won this event back in 2014. It's not 2014. At 18 to 1, I want you to sell me on Rory, but I'm just not seeing it with the numbers. And then he missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open. Tyler, what am I missing that you're seeing? A guy who, again, in 2016, 17, and 18, okay, again, he won in 2014, but in 16, 17, and 18, three straight top five finishes at this event. Despite being a high ball hitter and that usually not working here, for whatever reason, Rory has great history at this event. Now, it moves courses, so you can't just go course for course. But Rory likes playing. And he's a major he's, – he's backdoor Rory. That's what I'm saying. Take him at top ten. <laughs> he may not win, but I'm telling you what, by Sunday, don't be shocked at all if Rory uh, you know, fires up Sunday 67 and gets up to third in the tournament. Yeah, I like that analysis, actually. I, I do like him for maybe a backdoor play there, Josh. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm right there with you. And this, this is getting fun, the two of you going at it. I'm going to play referee <laughs> here in the middle. But uh, let me throw this one at you, Tyler. Uh, Justin Thomas, he's 18-1. to 1. He's the third-ranked go- golfer in the world. And I found interesting betting splits that we got from our friends at BetMGM where Justin Thomas is their number one liability for first-round leader. He's only getting about 2.8% of the tickets, but it accounts for almost 5% of the handle. Uh, and from one of the, uh, the emails they sent us, this is their biggest liability play. So what do you think of Justin Thomas? And do you, in particular, uh, does that interest you at all to be a first-round leader? It does. Uh, JT, I think, has great value right now based on his overall talent. Like Rory, um, this is someone who should always be at a major, for me, 15-1 to 1 or shorter odds um, because he's just that good. He's just got that kind of talent. We know when, when JT goes low, I mean, he really goes low. He finished well at the uh, Scottish Open, or the Irish Open, pardon me, a Scottish Open, I should say, last week, um, and finally got his driver back under control. And we know when JT has his game going, there are a few in the world who can go as low as him. So when I saw him in the upper teens, get him at 20 to 1 to win this thing outright, I know his game has been a little erratic as of late, but I just think that's too good a value for a talent. I like having a 20 to 1 ticket on a guy, on a guy who has a talent of Justin Thomas, on a guy who has a talent. Rory McIlroy. So I understand why people have run to the uh, window trying to get some action on JT and first round leader makes a lot of sense depending on what kind of draw he gets with the weather. 
You know, there's going to be a flight that is dealing with a lot of wind. There's going to be a flight that's dealing with less wind. And if he's in that flight that's got docile conditions, I'd be surprised if I'll see JT go low. All right, I did give you guys one homework assignment, and I just said I wanted you guys to pick two Americans that you think could get to the window and two Americans that you should avoid going to the window with. I'm going to start off with the guys to avoid, okay? And, Tyler, you might want to plug your ears. It's your guy, Bryson DeChambeau. At 30 to 1. I agree, actually, Dave. I actually agree with you on that one. He is not in a good place right now. There we go. So we agree on Bryson. Avoid taking Bryson at 30 to 1. And this one pains me to say. Colin Morikawa at 33 to 1. And Tyler, you know this. I think he is the prettiest swing on tour. If I could emulate anybody's swing, it would be Morikawa. But around these greens, and Tyler, you mentioned it off the top, you've got to be able to chip and putt to win a British Open, right? It's You can spray it a little bit off the tee. Morikawa right now, to me, is a liability with the greens. Those are the two Americans I'm going to stay clear of. Josh, did you do the homework assignment and two Americans that you do not want to back at the window this week? So I did not do the homework or something. Oh. I'm going to get the tension today. Yeah. So, uh, but I would say I can add a little bit of flavor to this conversation. I'm going back to these first round leaderboards here. A uh, couple that would, that caught my eye for leading the first round. And again, as a market driven better, I like a low ticket handle, but a higher percent or sorry, a low ticket number, but a higher handle percentage. That tells me those bigger wages are coming in. So just two guys to keep an eye out for. Maybe you guys have uh, a feel on this as well. Uh, number one was Ian Poulter. Uh, Ian Poulter to lead the first round. Um, he's only getting uh, about 2% of the tickets, but almost 8% of the handle. Uh, and then also Cameron Smith, another guy uh, who isn't getting a lot of run. He's only getting about 1% of the tickets, but almost 7% of the handle. So what do you guys think, Smith or Poulter? Either of them uh, pique your interest, Tyler. Poulter absolutely piques my interest. He's a guy who you should always be interested in, whether you're playing daily fantasy, whether you're in the betting market when it comes to link style open golf. I'm surprised to see his price on DraftKings be so low, and I'm not surprised to hear the Ace of Sharps are on him to uh, do some damage here because Walter obviously is a big game hunter in his own right, and now he seems to show up at least in the top ten or uh, post a good number um, you know, somewhere in his uh, round, make the cut, that type of thing. Just a really consistent link-style golfer and definitely one of those grinders who has the mental capacity to handle the conditions that can really kind of wreck you at an open championship. The, the two guys for the Americans that I do like this week, and Josh and I talked about it briefly, I like the X-Man at 16-1, to 1, Tyler, this week, but I really do like Patty Reed at 33-1. to 1. And again, the advantages here, the low ball flight, I really do think plays into his style of game here. Uh, he's not the longest guy, but you don't have to have length over there as long as you can get the ball down and roll, and I think Patty Reed can do that. He's sneaky good around the greens and on the greens, and maybe that's because he cheats. And we kind of know that from time to time. He might just improve his line. I hope Patty Reed's not watching right now because he's going to block me on Twitter for saying that. But, Tyler, what do you make of my 33-1 to here on the ugly American that is Patty Reed? I think we lost. I think we lost, Tyler. Tyler, we're going to say goodbye to you. Get the four iron out. Straighten it out. Have Michael Greller grab your clubs. And we'll catch up with you another day out there as he's on the links. But, Josh, I do really like Pat Reed at 33-1. to 1, And I, I kid about that. But he has had issues out there in the past with the rules a little bit. But the low ball fight uh, and a cash a ticket for a winner, I know pre-flop is tough. And, again, I always try to advise people to wait maybe until you get through at least one round and see those adjusted odds. But at 33 to 1, he's going to be around there this weekend, I do believe. And I think that's pretty good value right off the jump. 
Well, first off, Dave, you're talking to a New England Patriots diehard fan here. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, my right. friend. Of course, that's uh, whether it's taping sidelines, deflating balls, whatever it takes to win. That's what we want. As long as we don't get caught. I'm obviously joking here, but uh, I'm with you. You know, I would throw it to you, Dave, too. You know, just in terms in general, um, you know, where do you target some of your golf bets? You know, do you put some flyers on some of these long shots? Do you play some top 10, top five? Do you look at matchups? You know, for anyone new listening to our program sure. today, wanting to get down on the championship, any tips that you would have or bet types? I think a lot of new betters just say, hey, I got to pick the winner of the tournament. There's actually way more uh, betting options here that may provide uh, better value than just an outright. No, I absolutely love your, your line of thinking there, Josh. And I, and I do think the best way to go, top tens are, are the best way. You want to identify golfers that you assume will at least make the cut. And, you know, I talked about Phil Mickelson last hour with Will Hill. And right now to make the cut, Phil Mickelson is minus 150. Look, yeah, it's, you're laying a little bit here, minus 150. But to me, that's the better way to play Phil versus, say, an 80 to 1 long shot to actually win in the star-studded field, right? So look at top tens. Look at guys that we think can actually at least make the cut to give you a chance. And Tyler alluded to Rory McIlroy as, as backdoor Rory, right? He does backdoor a lot of these top tens. And he does have a good history here. He's got five top fives at the British Open. So if you don't like Rory, like I do not like Rory at 18-1 to 1 to win. But I do like Rory to be there for a top 10. And that's, again, where you can get some value. You see right there at plus 220. So to me, that's the better way to bet Rory this week because I don't think he's going to win, but I do think he'll be around. And he has a really good history of making top 10s. Louis Oosthuizen at plus 550 to make a top five. I love that play. Little Louis. I actually thought should have won the U.S. Open until John Rahm went nuclear with that birdie, birdie finish to steal it from him there. So to me, and even at Rahmer, like a better way to play to me is a top five. I don't know that he can keep this run going at plus 750 to cash the ticket all the way. But as a top five at plus 175, I actually like that better than having him come all the way home and win yet again. The odds are not in favor of him doing a double-double. The last guy that I can recall, you know, obviously outside of Tiger Slams and that sort of thing, is Rory McIlroy back in 2014 when he did win the Open Championship and then doubled up at the PGA. So these are better ways for me to play. The guy that I really do like, though, and you see it on your screen there at plus 550 as well, I love Louie to cash in as a top five. He always seems to be right there in the top five, is Victor Hovland at plus 550. And again, even at 30-1 to one to win it, I am going to play a couple guys pre flop here to actually win. He's one of my guys I'm going to bet at 30 to 1. He had an eye injury at the U.S. Open, you might recall. I had him that week too, and then he had to, had to pull out of the tournament, which was just unfortunate. By all accounts, he seems to be all systems go. He's won over in Europe since the U.S. Open. So to me, it really feels like there's a guy at 30 to 1, but at least at plus 550 to cash a ticket in the top five that I'm certainly going to play. But I think you're right on, Josh. That's the way to go. It's hard to pick that one horse that's going to pull you all the way through to Sunday. Look at these top fives. Look at these top tens. It gives you, it kind of elongates your bet a little bit too as well. Even if you have a bad round one day, you're still in it for the weekend. As long as you can identify guys to make the cut. That's the first strategy. Guys, that it will be there for the weekend. Dave, I think that's great advice for anyone listening out here. Again, you, the low-hanging fruit is I want to cash this big outright, but these matchups, uh, again, uh, these top 10, top 
20s can be a place to go. I would just throw this out there, uh, Dave, looking at an American, Colin Morikawa. He's the fourth-ranked golfer in the world, and he's plus 140 to be in a top 20. He's plus 300 to be in a top 10. Maybe Morikawa down the line a little bit could offer some value with one of these top 20 or top 10s. I hope you're right because he's one of my favorite players to watch on tour, the best golf swing right now on the PGA Tour. Tyler's isn't bad either. Uh, Josh, much more to get to. We are going to talk a little bit more about the AL East when we come back and get your thoughts on your Red Sox. That's right here on the Lombardi line on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Back 
here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here with you in Las Vegas. And, Josh, I do want to get to your picks. Obviously, uh, the Midsummer Classic is tonight with the All-Star Game. But we looked at some futures, and I'm looking at the uh, AL East here, the Red Sox. I know that you've got a big play on them to go ahead and cash this ticket uh, for the AL East. Uh, do you still like where they are? They're still in the lead, but I know that that lead has been dwindling with the Rays catching up a little bit. Yeah, so kind of a disappointing end to the, uh, you know, the end of the first half going to the All-Star break. The Red Sox dropped two or three against the Phillies. Uh, it was crazy. And, you know, the Phillies had some COVID issues. Aaron Nola got stra- uh, scratched. The Sox lost that last game. It's kind of a tough one there overall. But I think if you look at this team, just the way they're performing. And again, you know, I've been a Red Sox fan my whole life. Really, in the past 10 years, I would say, they're very erratic. They win the World Series one year, then they come in last place the next year. They actually drafted uh, their highest pick in, I think, like 50 years, Marcelo Meyer, a, uh, a shortstop here uh, a couple days ago, which I think could be uh, the next big Red Sox prospect. Uh, but I'm still leaning Red Sox. You know, I'm intrigued. The Rays plus 140 to win the AL East. I think the Rays aren't going to go away. Um, I just question with losing glass now and kind of their pitching. Are they going to have enough pitching? Usually their pitching's great. Their offense just gets by kind of different this year. Their lineup's been uh, kind of, you know, really, uh, you know, benefiting them more than their pitching. So the Rays I'm worried about the Yankees 12 to one. I still think they got an ace up their sleeve. They got endless amounts of money mm-hmm. to bring in a Rizzo. Like we talked about yesterday to fill out that lineup, more balanced left-hander, or maybe a guy like Scherzer, something like that. But my play with the Red Sox would just be uh, number one, Alex Cora. Uh, Alex Cora has completely transformed this team. They have one of the best lineups in baseball. You're having career years or another good year from J.D. Martinez and Bogarts. Devers has really emerged. Devers hitting fifth in the American League lineup tonight, Dave. Out of nowhere, uh, or actually Devers was a high prospect, but he's really, really taking that next leap into starting with Devers. So the offense, I'm not concerned about. The pitching, to me, they've pitched over their heads. A lot of these guys uh, are having good years that you wouldn't expect. Your Pavetta's, uh, you know, Erod's been disappointing. Evaldi was an all-star. But to me, you're banking on Chris Sale coming back. He's been rehabbing. He's going to pitch a simulated game in Worcester pretty soon here. So he could come back in August. Do you make another move for a pitcher? The offense is good. Can you get another uh, another good you know horse that you can rely on in the playoffs? To me, with the Red Sox, you're going to win a lot of high-scoring games. I know it's a minus number, but I still lean Red Sox. Something about this year, this worst of first back and forth, maybe this is a year where the Red Sox have a good one this time. It's interesting you mentioned that, Josh, and, and I, I noticed there you can get the Sox still to win the pennant at plus 500, and it is the Chris Sale conversation. You are going to get, if he's healthy again, it's been a minute, but the old Chris Sale, that's an ace, right? So I assume that the Red Sox, in the way I think you should couch this if you're a better out there and you're looking for these future plays here in the second half of Major League Baseball, who's going to be buyers at the deadline, right? And we assume that the Red Sox will be buyers. So do you see that sale comes back? That would be a huge plus. And then more arms because you're right. The offense seems set. So if they add, and we know the back end of the bullpen has been lights out, but you can never have too many arms in that bullpen. Is it another starter to go with sale? Or do you think it is a middle to late guy to stretch out this uh, rotation a little bit in the bullpen? I would love a high-end guy to join this rotation here, Dave. You know, and I, I keep saying Max Scherzer. Bring Max Scherzer to Boston. He's at the end of his contract. The Nats might not, might not be going anywhere. But that could be a pipe dream because uh, the whole point here that you got to keep an eye out with the Red Sox is Haim Bloom, their general manager. Haim Bloom is a uh, the ultimate money ball. Uh, you joke around like the baseball nerds, the analytics. This guy's the king of player development and, and, and drafting. And when he took over for Dave Dombrowski, Dombrowski won a World Series, but he also decimated the farm system. So I'm a little concerned with high and bloom who was raised with the Tampa Bay Rays and that money ball. 
is he willing to make a big trade where he has to give up some young prospects, some young players? I don't know if he can do that. I, I mean, he can do whatever he wants, but he's just, you know, so schooled in the uh, the school of thought that, hey, don't give up your young prospects. Mm. They're team controllable for many years. They're really cheap. Uh, and, and again, you don't want to give up on the future to sacrifice for the here and now. So uh, high and bloom to me, will he be brave enough to make a big move like that? I'd like to think he will, but my concern would be, you know, maybe he brings in a guy like, you know, Avaldi, the trade, the, the Sox made a few years ago. Sure. Maybe a guy that has a lot of talent. Maybe his numbers aren't great, but you expect him to perform uh, a little bit better here. So again, I'm worried with high and bloom. If he's got uh, the cojones here to make a big move like <laughs> that, Dave, um, but I would love to see it happen. I think that could put the Sox over the top. Yeah, I just wonder if they thought they would be in this position, right? And here they are in this position, and now maybe change your thought process a little bit as to what you would do at the break here. So we'll find out what the Sox do. But I do like that plus money at plus 500. They're going to be around, and we got to think that at least if they don't hold on and win the division, they're a wild card team at worst. Uh, if we do have more time later on this hour, I, I see you went chalky on, on most of the divisions, but I think for very good reason, although it makes me nervous as a Met fan that you and I are in unison that the Met fans, that the Mets will win the East at minus 300, projecting out for the rest of the second half. Uh, Josh, we're going to get to uh, much more here on the Lombardi line when we come back. We do want to get some uh, maybe some final updates and some player props in NBA Game 4 tomorrow night between the Bucks and the Suns. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN subscriber exclusive today. Long Shots host Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds will be answering your golf betting questions live just in time for the Open Championship. They're going to be live today, 3.15 Eastern to 12.15 Pacific. For a subscriber-only Q&A, subscribers will have access to watch live and ask questions, or you can email your questions ahead of time to questions at VEASAN.com. Watch for the link in your subscriber email and join Brady and Wes for all the golf betting insights this Tuesday. And I am excited to have Wes Reynolds on the Lombardi line tomorrow as Josh makes his way out west. So uh, you get the day break there to, to make that travel trip. But we're going to talk a lot of golf, obviously, with Wes. And that's going to be really good information. So get those questions in. I do want to go back to our baseball futures here in the second half. Of course, the All-Star game is tonight. And uh, we mentioned the Metropolitans at minus 300. The Brewers at minus 800. It feels like that division is over. But the Reds are making a run and started to make a run here again right before the All-Star break. But the Dodgers at minus 250 here. This is the interesting one. I'm right there with you. We just don't believe in the Giants, even though the Giants have the best record in baseball. The Dodgers have still got to lay the 250, but do they have to make any moves, Josh, or can they stand pat? We don't know what's going to happen with Bauer here and his issues away from the field, so it makes me a little cautious to lay that number with the Dodgers uh, to, to win the division at 250. Are you a little concerned like I am? I'm a little concerned, but I still feel 
somewhat confident here in the Dodgers with that number here. So number one, uh, obviously has been kind of a surprisingly uh, deep division. No one really thought the Dodgers, you know, I think their win total, I, I think it was something in like the seventies, you know, yeah. the, the, the giants have been incredible here uh, with a, a year that we didn't really expect. They're kind of, uh, I liken them a little bit to the Tampa Bay Rays of the national league. You have Gabe Kapler, kind of a coach who, kind of thinks outside the box a little bit and just kind of plugs in different lineups and just continues to get it done. So they've been a big surprise. My question is, you know, does that big surprise come to an end at some point? Uh, they haven't shown signs of letting up, but they do have a lot of veterans, some injuries. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, and I think maybe they just played a little bit over their heads in the first half. The other play, uh, the other team here in that uh, NL West would be obviously the Padres. The Padres right. are a team, a lot of guns, a lot of young players, a lot of uh, really good pitching staff here. And of course your lineup with Tatis and Machado, I don't think they're going to go away to me. The play with the Dodgers is um, been there, done that kind of like Alonzo in the home run derby. They kn know how to pace themselves. They went through a bad stretch a little bit earlier this year, where I think they lost maybe like 10 of 15 games and were saying, wow, the Dodgers, uh, something's up with them this year. The question to me is Trevor Bauer. Are you going to, is Trevor Bauer mm -hmm. going to be able to play? Is he going to be in legal trouble? What's the issue there? Can you make a move here at the deadline? I still like their pitching staff. If you can still run out, you know, Kershaw and Walker Bueller and uh, Urias is really taking a big leap. That young lefty who wears the goggles, Dave, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think this is a team that to me with that lineup, getting healthier Bellinger gave you kind of nothing here. He was injured all first half. Bellinger could be a big addition. If he gets healthy, uses all-star break to his advantage. I still like the Dodgers as a powerhouse here, minus 250. I know it's a minus number, uh, but I still think that they get it done and win that division. Yeah, the specs are a good look. Certainly, I can't pull that off. That's why I always try to take <laughs> off my glasses. Josh, uh, I like your play here for the Dodgers, obviously, to win the World Series at plus 375, because you got to think, even if they don't win the division, they're going to get a wild card, so they're going to be in that round robin here. So you've gonna, you're going to have an active play there with the Dodgers, even if they don't overtake the Giants or if the Padres make a run, you got to think they still get in because you look at the rest of the National League and I just don't see any wild cards coming from any other division. Um, I, I do want to talk just a little bit about, I think this is interesting, the NL MVP. You've got Tatis Jr. here at plus 120. Now I'm going to push back a little bit here on my guy, Jacob DeGrom. And I know he's going to win the Cy Young as long as he stays upright and that right arm stays attached at uh, minus 1,000 there. So there's not really good value for the Cy Young. But what about my thinking that DeGrom can win the MVP and do the double dip? Or do you think we're going to get the purist out there and say, well, they have their own award. They shouldn't also get and be in play for the MVP. That's what I'm banking on here, Dave. So I'm kind of playing like semantics here a little bit. Remember, there's this old school, new school when it comes to baseball. Uh, Moneyball, one of my favorite movies here. It's kind of like the scouts that come in and say, uh, "Yeah, Degrom's great, but the, the he has his own award. That you know, the Cy Young. You know, don't get in on the MVP." I think you still have a lot of those voters in baseball that will kind of hold it against Degrom. And believe me, I love Degrom. Uh, don't get me wrong, Dave. I, the guy's incredible. Uh, I would love sports books, and I mentioned this. Uh, on Beeson previously, I would love a book to hang a prop bet. Will DeGrom finish the year over or under like 1.01 ERA or like just one even? I wow. think you get a lot of action on that just for just for the heck of it. Um, number my play isn't that DeGrom isn't deserving of it. My play isn't that I expect him to, to you know, uh, to get banged up a little bit in the second half or get injured or maybe give up more runs. My play is just banking on the fact that um, DeGrom with these, with these voters, they may have something against him. You know, yes. the way we talk about the voters loving Chris Paul, Dave, that's a benefit to him winning the MVP, the NBA finals. That's kind of the same way against DeGrom here. I just think you're going to get, get a lot of these baseball purists who, uh, no offense, in their 70s, 60s, 70s, older uh, <laughs> players here who say, 
you know, uh, is he, he's got his own award. He doesn't need this one. That's why to me, if Tatis continues, he's hit, got 28 home runs. Uh, if he continues to get, you know, triple crown, uh, kind of, uh, kind of chase there, maybe that's with the plus plus one twenty where I'd be leaning with Tatis. You nailed it right in the head. The analogy with Chris Paul is just spot on, right? That if the Suns win, it has to go to Chris Paul. We can't really even look at DeAndre Ayton, which people should look at. If you were looking at it from a basketball standpoint here, if they go on and win this series and if he can somehow slow down Giannis, but the narrative is out there, right? The writers are going to go that way. And I think you're right because my case for DeGrom would be if a pitcher can't win the MVP now, when could they ever win it again? Yeah. Right? Because the Metropolitans are nowhere near where they are right now. And again, they haven't led the NL East since the All-Star break since 2007. And it's really because of DeGrom. We've had all those near misses and scares on the injury front. So if he can stay healthy and the Mets can go on and win this division, and I know it's a regular season award, I, I just don't understand why the voters can't get out of that mentality to say, yes, he should be in play for the MVP. We really should look at this. And again, I understand, uh, you know, the hitters that are playing every day and he's playing every five days and that baseball purist mentality. But if you really can give a pitcher the MVP, this would be the year. And as you mentioned, he might finish with an ERA under one. I mean, this is just unheard of and you can't cheat. The sticky stuff, we're already beyond that, and he hasn't had much of a drop-off since that controversy, if you will, in baseball. So, Josh, if we can make that case, this is the time to make it, right, for the ground to get MVP and the Cy Young? I think this is your best shot. If it doesn't happen now, you bring up a great point. Like, when is it ever going to happen? And I think it's not only that, you know, with these old uh, baseball guys who are kind of tied into the old school way of thinking, it's not only that they, you know, DeGrom has his own award, you know, the Cy Young. It's also that, you know, if you really talk to these baseball purists and you sit down with them, uh, maybe at Circa or the South Point or at a sports book or wherever, and you, you talk about these awards, I think they're going to probably say to you, hey, DeGrom's great, but he only pitches every five days. He's getting 30 starts, whereas Tatis is going to play, you know, 155 games this year. So as good as he is, I think that might play against him just in terms of he's amazing, but he doesn't affect the game in a term of quantity uh, as, as much as the position player. And I love your show, hey, Otani, to win MVP at minus 350. I know you're laying the number, but as long as he doesn't have the home run derby jinx, he didn't win it. So maybe that's good news if you're an MVP backer of Shohei. Much more to get to here in this edition of the Lombardi Line. When we come back, let's talk some props for game four of the NBA Finals tomorrow night right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like 
like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Bet on more than just the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game for over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log in at BetMGM or sign up to try One Game Parlay. If you're signing up for an account, make sure to use VEASAN 600, and your first bet will be risk-free up to $600. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Back here wrapping up the last hour of the Lombardi line with Josh Applebaum. I am Dave Ross and Josh, I had some sweats with some of these player props in game three and we talked about it briefly yesterday. My big sweat was Chris Middleton for the over three pointers. I took it at two and a half and he's just not giving me the volume and when I look at the player props here in this one, it's right there again at two and a half. So even though I cashed it in game three, I think I'm going to avoid it or fade it in game four because he just doesn't shoot enough volume for me to feel like I'm going to cash that ticket. Do you like my rationale there? I love your rationale, Dave. It's almost like, hey, you rob a bank, you get away with it. You don't go rob another (laughs) bank. Like, hey, you know, like you take your winnings and you'd be happy about it. So I'm right there with you. Middleton is also very streaky. You know, he's the kind of guy that uh, can either light it up for you, can go 0 for 9, that sort of thing. Now, a couple that I'm looking at. uh, So if we start with guys on the bucks here, I got four prop bets I want to share with you right now, Dave. But 
The first one is Giannis under three and a half turnovers. Um, again, this is one that uh, it's minus 150. So again, when I look at these prop bets, I want to, uh, you know, as sports bettors, we don't want to lay juice, but I like juiced up prop bets where there's a minus number in front of it, especially uh, bets or certain players that kind of get overlooked because it lets me know the odds makers are making me pay a higher price for a reason. I think that's important. You love to get plus money, but some of the minus numbers at least give you an inclination that that might be the right side. So my first play with Giannis would be under three and a half turnovers. It's minus 150 at BetMGM. He had one turnover in the last game, and he's actually had three or less turnovers in eight of his last nine games wow. here, Dave. So this is a guy that uh, we always think of Giannis. And again, you walk into a bar, everyone's going to have an, a ticket on Giannis over points, over over everything. But I don't think anyone's going to have uh, a ticket under three and a half turnovers. So uh, to me, when you're betting these props, again, I want it juiced up. I want an overlooked prop that might still have value, but also lean on a lot of box scores. So with Giannis really taking care of the ball and going under three and a half turnovers uh, in eight of his last nine games, I'm going to take a shot on that again, under three and a half Giannis turnovers at minus 150 for tomorrow. I love it. Yeah, he's just really they're not being able to defend him in the low block. And if DeAndre Ayton gets in foul trouble again, you got to think he's going to be ball dominant and he's probably not going to have any poking those pesky guards coming down trying to take it away I like that play a lot you know we cashed the over 12 and a half and it's been right there for the rebounds here but boy we kind of we it was getting a little dangerous there in the blowout situation right <laughs> but we did get that 13th to cash it here you would assume in a closer game if this is a closer game in game four that's still the right side to be on but if you do get into a blowout and every game's been a blowout so far that you do worry about the the opportunities coming down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Are we staying on the overs for the 12 and a half and the rebound total? I think this might be time for us to uh, to jump ship on this one. I tell you what, Dave, just because uh, number one, we had to sweat way more than we thought with that right. Giannis over 12 and a half last time. I mean, I think at halftime he had like eight or nine rebounds. He was on pace for like 16, 17. Uh, and then of course he needed that one last board with like three minutes left and you could oh, finally exhale and you got that one. So uh, my thing is like, I look at numbers and I look at lines that jump up and maybe are a bit shaded or inflated. Like a lot of these Giannis overs that we've been cashing, Dave, were over 11 and a half. You know, one point I think there's a 10 and a half. Now it's up to 12 and a half. It goes higher, higher. Uh, it is juiced over still. So maybe that's indication that he maybe can get 13 or more. But I think your point is really prescient about, hey, if they're up by 20, if they're up big, and maybe the the pace slows down. Maybe they, uh, you know, they have Giannis give him some rest here and put the scrubs in. That's what I think you're worried about. Now, another one that I had here, um, my other three here, Dave, are with all Suns players. Okay. So one that I was looking at was Cam Johnson over eight and a half points. I like this play for Cam Johnson. He's been quietly uh, cashing a lot of these points, rebounds, and assists overs. I like his over eight and a half points. It's minus 130. Can he get you nine or more? Remember, he had 14 in the last game. And uh, that dunk, you know, I'm not oh. a big fan of like dunks. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> like, I get that. It's just, it's two points. You can lay it up as well. But my whole thing is like, the, the confidence that that dunk may have, have given yes. uh, Cam Johnson. So maybe he's just playing with confidence. He, you know, he's coming, he's feeling better. He's a guy who really shoots you a bunch of threes. Um, so I like that over eight and a half points, minus minus one thirty. He's gone over that number two or three games in the finals. He's six and two to that over his last eight. Um, and then the other two here would be uh, Chris Paul under four and a half rebounds, Dave. Um, he actually had zero rebounds in game one mm. and he's had four less rebounds in eight straight games. So Chris Paul uh, early in the playoffs, I was really hammering a lot of Chris Paul under two and a half turnovers. Now I think the rebounds might be the spot here, minus 160. And then lastly, my guy, Jay Crowder. I uh, remember uh, Dave, when he was on the Celtics and we used to call him the bridges when it was Brad Stevens and they played really hard, Isaiah and Crowder. So I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Jay Crowder overall, but I like his over 16 and a half 
points plus rebounds. Okay. Guy had 18 points last game. He's grabbed about five, six boards each game. The over Crowder, 16 and a half points rebounds is minus 130. He's gone over in two straight. He's gone over in three of his four. Whether he lights it up points or gets you a little bit of both, I'm going Crowder over 16 and a half points and rebounds. Yeah, he's open and he's knocking down shots and they kept leaving him open in game three and he just kept knocking him down. I like your play there. I love your point about Cam Johnson. It just feels like, boy, the kid flashes, right? And that confidence boost I think he took in game three, I'm going to play that tonight with you, the over eight and a half on Cam because it just feels like he's got to get more minutes. Uh, and he's a really tough guard out there, as we've seen. And obviously he can knock down the threes with you. And I kind of like the one and a half over on the three-pointers as well from Cam Johnson if you're going to play that uh, he seems to be open um, maybe they should start rethinking that because I don't think he should be open for a reason I do want to go back to the Bucks side on one thing and I, I lost out on my player prop on Chris Middleton because he had 15 at the half and then really didn't need to do anything in the second half it still feels too much for me at 24 and a half for Middleton because the way he plays Josh and I was really watching closely in game three if he doesn't need to, he'll become a, more of a, a facilitator and try to get the other guys involved. And that guy was Drew Holiday, who really got his offensive game uh, off the schneid on game three. So if I was going to lean anywhere there, I might play the over in Holiday as speaking of confidence to get him confidently shooting the basketball. And he was really good from distance in game three. Do you like those trends to continue for Drew? I do like the uh, continued trends for Drew. I think one that I cashed last time, which I may go back to, was Drew Holiday uh, rebounds and assists. You know, he yes. got a lot of attention is with his points, but this is a guy that kind of really fills up the stat sheet. He kind of hangs around, gets his nose dirty on the defensive boards. He'll get you a few of those. Maybe he'll sneak in for one offensive rebound. I'm really dishing it off with assists. He's been around. Uh, he's been like, it's been a sweat with a lot of these uh, Drew Holiday over under rebound props <laughs> because it's usually like eight and a half. And or seven and a half, and it'll get you seven, eight, or nine. So each game, it's kind of back and forth there. But I, I lean, I'd like your point on Middleton, the under 24 and a half points. That feels a little bit high, especially with Giannis taking over. Maybe it's less pressure for Middleton to set up. And he kind of feels like a player who, um, I don't know how aggressive he is. Like it, when Giannis was down, you saw him step it up for a few games. But with Giannis back, does he kind of get back into that reserve role where he's not as aggressive? So to me, that under 24 and a half has a lot of value. But really with, with, uh, with Holiday, I would target his rebounds plus assists. I think it's like 12 and a half maybe. Yeah. Um, but if he can get you a little bit of both, to me, that could be worth a look. Yeah, I, did, I definitely like those plays as well. I, I, I find this interesting. The, the odds to have the most rebounds overall in the series. Now, Giannis is the overwhelming favorite at minus 375. He's got 42 rebounds so far. DeAndre Ayton's only three back of that number. And the plus money here is plus 300 if you like Ayton. And he's got 39 right now. Look, he's got to stay out of foul trouble if you want to cash this ticket. Is there any value on playing Ayton to usurp uh, Antetokounmpo here? I think it's a good uh, good call, Dave. You got an eagle eye there, man. I, I, I was surprised. I thought uh, I thought Giannis would have such a bigger lead there to be a minus three seventy five favorite. So I'm with you, Aiton plus three hundred. Um, again, if you can get into a situation where Aiton is really you know giving you, if we think this thing goes seven, he can get you you know, 12, maybe 12, 13 rebounds a game. I think you could close that gap in terms of value. The plus 300 definitely jumps out to me. Uh, now the other props that we have here, like uh, to lead, uh, to have the most points in the series, Giannis is like a minus 10,000 favorite here. Wow. That's going to happen, but it's way too high of a number. Really no value there uh, to get down on that. Now, one that I would look toward is, is the assists. Okay. Who will lead the series in assists because Chris Paul is only a minus 125 favorite drew holidays, plus one Oh five. But Drew Holiday's only one assist behind Chris Paul, 26 to 25. So 
Uh, I even maybe consider a look here at Drew Holiday plus 105. You're, it's kind of a coin flip, and, and Paul's only up by one. If I'm getting plus money with Drew Holiday, if the Bucks continue to progress here and make this a series, maybe uh, maybe you know he'll get a lot of easy assists just dumping it off to Giannis and having him drive the lane and score or shoot it and score. So I'd look, make, keep an eye. Maybe Drew Holiday plus 105 to have the most assists this series. Yeah, I absolutely love that call there. And again, we all assumed that would be a, a, a Chris a Chris Paul easy victory there, but only with the, with the one assist lead here as we sit through game three of this NBA Finals. Might be some action there on Holiday. And again, I do like your idea because of that with the assist. Maybe Holiday playing in with the assist and the rebounds total uh, instead of the shooting, which can be spotty, but he was on in game three. Clearly, he was not on in games one and two. Uh, we do have to talk about it. The elephant in the room is Giannis and the point total at 34 and a half. Look, 40 burgers the last couple games out. I don't know that they can play this high enough. Is there a number where you say it's too high? I'm either going to stay away or actually consider playing the under. So to me, it's either probably ride the trend to the over or don't play it at all. I mean, I, I totally get the under here in terms of, you know, hey, this this number's high. Uh, it's probably shaded. He's been scoring a ton of points. Everyone's going to take the over. Um, the under is juice minus 120 on this one, Dave. So maybe uh, this is a situation to buy low on it. But the eye test tells me, Giannis is getting whatever he wants right now in the NBA finals. <laughs> he is just playing with elite confidence. You know, I think is in the paint. He's like 30 of 37 in the paint this series. It's unbelievable to me. It's over nothing. Uh, it, it, it would be a very uh, unenjoyable situation to watch that game tomorrow night and root for Giannis under. Right. You, might, you might lose that thing at uh, in the third quarter. And again, we, we detailed this before game three, Josh, which is the over under for three pointers made is a half. Don't shoot him, Giannis. Don't shoot. Don't bet it. Bucks fans, you don't want that to happen. Appreciate you as always, Josh. Safe travels. You are watching VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 